This is a Player One podcast. Player One is a radio show about gaming that airs every Friday from 6 to 8pm on Sin Nation, a digital radio station in Melbourne, Australia. You can also stream Player One at syn.org.au. And to find out more about Player One, go to syn.org.au slash Player One. Enjoy the podcast. Hello, I'm Jonathan Kalea, and for the next few minutes, I'll be talking about all things board games and tabletop games. Why? because there aren't enough people who know about board games outside of Monopoly. So without further ado, I welcome you to Board Bites, your bite-sized window into the world of board games. I love the social and face-to-face experience of board games, and now there's such a variety to play. Much like there are styles of video games, such as RPGs, real-time shooters, real-time strategies, turn-based strategies, simulation, MMORPGs, etc., there are lots of styles of board games too. Over this series, I'm going to be walking you through the different styles of tabletop games I know and help you figure out which ones you might want to play at your next game gathering. Episode 1. Eurogames. What's a Eurogame? Euro stands for European, but not all Eurogames are European. Euro refers to a style of game which was developed primarily in Germany before and after the World Wars, featuring non-war-related themes, no player elimination, and winning is most often related to victory points. Power Grid is a great example of a Euro game. It's about building a power network, where players buy power plants, fuel them with raw materials, and then build and power cities. The game is mostly about managing resources in such a way that other players cannot develop their plans as fast as you can. An interesting feature about this game is that the turn order changes depending upon who has the most cities. This can allow a player to lead the game, as typically a player with the most cities is winning, However, it also allows a player who is coming last to gain a sudden advantage. By buying lots of cities at once, a player can jump ahead in the turn order. This would allow them to become first in the turn order and gain an advantage of two turns in a row. This creates a dynamic game where you can never really know who is going to win until the last turn. A strong reason why Power Grid is a Euro game is because it doesn't allow players to be eliminated. This can be annoying if you're stuck in a game where you don't think you can win, but can also be really fun as you always have an opportunity to affect the final outcome. Another popular Euro game is Ticket to Ride, where players compete to build train networks. It's not just popular because it's named after the Beatles song Ticket to Ride, it's popular because it's an amazing game. Like Power Grid, it features no player elimination, but also has a point system to help determine a winner, aptly named Victory Points. During the game, a player collects trains to fill routes between connecting cities. For each route connected, players receive victory points at the end of the game, and the player with the most points wins. There are also ticket cards which give players points if they get all the connections between two destinations on the ticket. Victory points are vital to Eurogames as they provide an experience where you can feel good coming last, so long as your score is better than the last time you played. After all, if your score is higher, you've been playing better, and sometimes knowing you've improved is the only satisfaction you need. But why are Eurogames like this? The reason why Eurogames are the way they are is due to the World Wars. After Germany was defeated, Europeans were eager to forget about the fighting and look to the future. So they started creating games focusing on other themes, such as excelling at business or networking. Germany and other Scandinavian countries also focused on rebuilding after the war. Due to this, a wave of interest in industrial design and graphic design began. From the 1920s onwards, there were industrial design and graphic design powerhouses, featuring prestigious institutions such as the Bauhaus School of Design. This heavily influenced how Europeans designed everything, especially their games. 
Typically, European design strives to be minimalistic and practical at the same time. In board games, this has evolved to create a culture with as few rules as needed, while trying to create as much depth as possible. Europeans craft their games to need as few expensive pieces as possible to reduce costs, allowing them to be sold and enjoyed by the masses. This was really important, as people didn't have a great amount of money to spend on entertainment after the war. This approach can still be seen today. In Carcassonne, a game about placing people and building cities, there are only two pieces in the game. There are tile pieces and meeples. A tile can feature either some road, a castle, a monastery, or some field illustrated on it. And a meeple is a little wooden, cute little man that can be placed on a road, a castle, a monastery, or in a field. Depending on where you place it, determines on whether it's a bandit, a priest, a knight, or a farmer. Carcassonne's simplicity is what makes it the perfect example of a euro. Without including scoring, you could summarize the rules in just eight lines, making it extremely easy to understand. Due to only having two kinds of pieces, it's so easy and cheap to produce. And despite this simplicity, the game still has a large amount of depth. The game grows more complex the more tiles are laid, slowly adding tension and resulting in an exciting ending almost every time. To summarize Euro games, they're simple games that are typically about enterprise or networking. They prefer to include players the whole way through the game and use victory points to determine who wins. These traits make Euro games great for families with young kids, casual gamers, or experienced players who aren't looking for a game that's too confrontational. If you like Tycoon or The Sims computer games, you'll probably love Euro games. Anyway, that's all I have to say about Euro games for now. I hope you tune into my next segment about the other board game powerhouses, American board games. You've been listening to Board Bites by Jonathan Kalea. Thanks for listening. This has been a Player One podcast. To check out more Player One, go to syn.org.au slash player one.